Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Bald Move Pulp podcast. Today, we're talking about the 1997 sci-fi horror parody satire Starship Troopers, directed by one Paul Verhoeven, The Dutch Treat, who also directed Robocop, Total Recall, Hollow Man, Basic Instinct. It was written with a, a longtime partner, Ed Neumeyer. He also wrote Robocop with uh, Paul Verhoeven. It's based on a novel of the same name by Robert A. Heinlein. Asterix, kind of, sort of. We'll talk about that, I'm sure. It stars Casper Van Diem, who did Sleepy Hollow, and that's about it. Uh, Dina Meyer, tragic. She was in uh, Johnny Mnemonic, Dragonheart, and Star Trek Nemesis, disappeared off the face of the planet. Denise Richards, if you're a horny teenager in the 90s, you probably knew her from Wild Things. The World is Not Enough, Undercover Brother. We actually saw her in Love Actually. She was one of the uh, American hot gals. Mm-hmm. The uh, Irish dude. Was Irish or Scottish was visiting? Uh, Jake Busey. We just saw him in Enemy of State not too long ago. He's also in Frighteners, Contact, and PCU. Neil Patrick Harris, Doogie Hauser himself. Also in How I Met Your Mother, Dr. Horrible Singalong blog. A lot of the Kumail... And what's what was the what was the thing? Something and something went to White oh, Castles. Harold uh, and Kumar. 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 Harold and Kumar. Yeah. Kumail Kumar. Uh, Clancy Brown, the man himself, Highlander, Shawshank Redemption. Just saw him in John Wick Four. He was an adjudicator or some shit like that. Seth Gillum. Love him on the wire and Oz, but honestly, I've known him most at this point from The Walking <laughs> Dead. Uh huh. Father Gabriel and Michael Ironside from Scanners, Top Gun, Total Recall. There's a lot of other fun cameos in the background. You might see Golden Girl Aru McClanahan as a biology teacher in high school. And then DEA special agent in charge, Hank Schrader himself, Dean Norris, shows up as a commanding officer in boot camp. Uh, Jim, my opinion, podcasters do all the lying. Mobile infantry does all the dying. If you think I'm going to sit here and listen to two manby-pamby panty-waisted, pinko, commie, bug-loving liberals besmirch the fighting men and women of Hollywood's motion picture fighting infantry unit six, led by the courageous Paul Verhoeven. You're out of your fucking mind. What did you think of this movie? <laughs> Good, because I'm not here to besmirch it. I think this movie's great. I love this movie. Uh, have since I first saw it in 97. Still love it to this day. Uh, A plus, nothing wrong with it. How did you see this movie in 97? Uh, well, it might have been 98 because I watched okay. it on DVD. So, All right. And back then, DVDs came out like eh, nine months later, a year later. Yeah, they made you they made you wait. Yeah. Uh, but I worked at Walmart and I remember seeing this on the shelves and going, yes, I need to watch this movie. Uh, so I bought it and took it home and watched it right under my parents' noses. They had no idea. Mm. Had a TV in my room. Pop that bad boy in, and I loved that every was your first mistake. It. You let it. You let a teen have a yep. Have a TV in their bedroom. Oh, what? 
Yeah. Well, no, no wonder. No wonder you've turned out the way you did. <laughs> the know? ripe old age of 16 and I'm watching Starship Troopers. And I think I'm understanding Starship Troopers is the thing. Like, I, I was surprised at how accurate my memory of this movie was. Hmm. That's, that's my takeaway from this one. Uh, I, this is the part where I confess I never really loved Starship Troopers. Oh, uh, no. You'll recall that I was quite the conservative teenager. Loved Robert A. Heinlein. Uh, Heinlein. Uh, I love Starship Troopers. Uh, I read it right before the movie came out just to kind of refresh my memory because I was so excited. And uh, yeah, I, I I I thought this. I didn't like the movie. I thought the movie was 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 uh, a mockery. Made the the novel a mockery. Um, I thought the movie was stupid and had dumb military tactics and uh, was espousing lessons that I didn't really believe in. Uh, and now, of course, my politics have changed quite a bit. But like, I don't feel like this movie does enough to satire. It's uh, what I don't. I don't think it goes far enough, or it, it's 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 missing something. It just feels false from every angle. It doesn't. It feels it feels like a hollow, half-hearted attempt to criticize the creeping fascism and and and, and Western uh, civilization, quote unquote. And it also is just a shitty adaptation of Robert Heinlein's novel. Like, yeah, it's, from what it's I definitely got differences for sure. From what I read is that Ed Newmeyer kind of like percolated this and he'd, he'd read Heinlein as a kid and is kind of percolating his mind and he was trying to think of like what to do he broke up with this longtime writing partner that he had success with Robocop over and he's like what a clean slate what I want to do I want to tell like a coming of age teenage rom-com romp but also has like boot camp scenes and they're, they're fighting some kind of just faceless bug you can mow down millions of them no one cares ah my wife's afraid of bugs I'll make bugs and then through the Hollywood pitch process, a Hollywood producer is like, you know, this reminds me a lot of Starship Troopers. If it had the IP attached, you might have a better chance at it. Mm-hmm. And they kind of like hammered in some. But like if this was just called like Outpost 7 or whatever it's supposed to be, and it was like a it was like a weird red, you know, wet, hot American summer with bugs. I might not care. But like, I, I don't know. This movie, I don't feel like does anything that th- anything that it sets out to do other than titillate and like exploit like violence and nudity like that's the thing it does well but like yeah so i i huh. i i'm wow i I, I, I I miss the social satire that i easily pick up and and uh total recall robocop uh some of uh, really? Verhoeven's other how can works. you miss it i mean it's so front and center i mean those those uh propaganda commercials that are peppered throughout this thing tell the whole story it's just I mean, that if you, they, if you made, look they made like a Nazi. They made a Nazi utopia, and you're supposed to be like, well, sure, it's a utopia, and everything's perfect, and everyone's perfect. But some people have to die and sacrifice to maintain that, and and like, I, I, okay, I, I mean, we we can go into it. We can yeah, go yeah, in yeah, depth yeah. into it, but like, I think the crucial mistake is the bugs are just faceless, nameless. They don't have. There's no like attempts to humanize them or empathize with them it's they're just yeah why wouldn't we exterminate them they're 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 hurling asteroids at us across from space 
and they're huh. bugs. Okay. Why I've never read of this, but we have to get way into it to actually. Yeah, no, we're, we're probably going to have to. Yeah, we're probably stepping too far into the, the movie. If I want to if I want to recommend why anyone would go back and watch this 25 plus year old movie, uh, I think the special effects are really awesome and they hold up. They're decent for the time. Yeah, I, especially I, the bug like CGI uh-huh. special effects. Um, curiously, some of the practical effects I don't I don't hold up. And, and, and I like the spaceship design, but like the fighters and the ground transport just look like Pontiac Voyagers with stub wings on them. I don't know. There's like minivans in space. It kind of yeah. Feels I'm not a me. huge fan of the spaceships in this. I, I think they're like uh, mediocre designs. They're not you know Star Wars. They're not Star Trek. Right. They're not top of the line. Yeah. But it, they're they're decent. And if you're a fan of uh, the show Firefly, uh, <laughs> the, the the mobile infantry died to give uh, the uh, the <laughs> what what the Confederacy. What who is the bad guys in that? Uh, the oh, purple bellies, probably. Mo- mobile infantry died to give Firefly their cool sci-fi armor for their bad guys, their stormtrooper armor. They just spray painted it yeah. purple, called them purple bellies, and uh-huh. uh, there, there you go. It's it's immediately recognizable too. Yeah, no, no, you're you're literally like you're not making a joke here. This is literally they took the equipment that they yes. used, and yeah, yeah, no. And I think I I I I I felt like I read a blog somewhere where this like mobile infantry armor appeared in like many many different TV shows, low budget direct. Uh, like this stuff got passed around like a carton of smokes. I mean, when you spend ninety million dollars making a thing you want to get your money's worth and lose your shirt on it this was not a successful movie upon first release so yeah you're probably trying to make it anywhere i I thought the 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 special effects still hold up mostly Mm -hmm. um i think that uh uh what was the other thing that um i I think the music is good this is the same composer Mm -hmm. i forget his name but he did like conan the barbarian robocop and you can kind of hear a little bit of robocop trying to get started in some of the mi victory uh music whenever they're having a victorious moment uh i think that's really good um yeah and there's some good looking young people that oh this cast is non-sexualized but yet good nudity uh <laughs> you know the whole the whole point is this is 700 years in the future your race your class your sex doesn't matter to anything you're just you're just meat in the grinder except when and... you're actually having sex and you're nude because that happens too but yeah during the boot camp stuff no it's non-sexual i've never seen a dude jersey a girl as a prelude <laughs> yeah. to sex like it's like it's the opening move he, that's his opening fight move it's his opening sex move you know hey man it's memorable i mean what can you say about it other than you remember that scene because it's so weird it's true but, it's yeah. true uh our producer talitha is saying that the composer is basil polidorus i wow i hope i'm pronouncing that guy's name but he's got he's got quite a few credits i noticed on imdb and it's it's also nice. got a lot of fun cameos like i said it's really funny to see you know seth gillum show up to see dean norris show up out of nowhere um there's there's a few like that that's uh that's really i have fun, questions but... about the acting for you um who, who do you think is the best actor in this movie do you have an opinion uh, on that? it's a toss-up between michael ironside and clancy brown yep yep that's exactly what i was gonna say who, yeah. do you, who do you think is the worst actor in this that's, movie? That's, so that's that's the top line. <laughs> that's the top line. And it's and pretty good. Michael Ironside is not bad. Uh, they're he, not. He but does what he needs to do in this movie very effectively. 
Yeah, but none of these guys are Daniel Day Lewis, right? No. These are the no, these are the 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 tough the tough old white guys you cast when you want to cast a tough old white guy role, and that's and what that's all do. you need but them then, to do. Yeah, but then you go. I honestly, I think Dina Myers is probably the best from there. From that crew, yeah, from yeah. like that class, literally that class. Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. She's she's actually way better than the rest of I, the crew, and, and I it's I, it's a shame it, she didn't do more because I really like her. Thank you. I I love Dina Meyer. I don't know if it's because I, to me, when I was a young man, like I could not understand what this dumb fuck was seeing in uh, Carmen. Like, why? What? Okay, you're he's a literally Carmen seeing guy? Carmen. He's literally seeing Denise Richards on screen. That's what he's seeing. You take Denise Richards over Dina Meyer. No, but okay, visually, thank you. Physically, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's. I don't know, man. The uh, red hair. Tier. I. I don't the know. Skin, the eyes. Sure. I mean, I guess if you got a type, you got a personality. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's the, the opposite of... for me? Is like. What, Here's the, the opposite. I think that what? Denise Richards is the worst actor in this movie, unfortunately. By a pretty wide margin, she's pretty like any like she seems challenged. She is. And it doesn't help that some of these costumes are making her look like a child when she's supposed to be like in charge and, and yeah. growing into her role. And the, the costuming is doing her no favors. It's like a 15 year old girl broke into her Nazi father's memorabilia Gestapo closet, closet uh-huh. and started playing dress up you know like everything's totally. not quite yeah um but yeah i, I always yeah, thought doesn't have the gravitas there but every know. time i saw i know we talked about this in Dragonheart. um i think she's good in mm-hmm. johnny mnemonic like of all of the of the three uh young attractive people from melrose place and 90210 that they cast this movie from there was a hilarious aside that i saw paul verhoven make in an interview where it's like yeah we cast all these kind of like lightly known tv people who were just young and fresh faced and beautiful like i was thinking nazi poster recruiting i was thinking you know, uh-huh. uh, the, the triumph of the will. It's like, I want that clean cut, square jaw, blonde hair, blue eyes look. And he's like, in retrospect, maybe the movie would have done better if we had cast for talent rather than looks. But, you know, what do <laughs> we saw that quote, too? Yeah, it's such a I, such that should a be the savage. golden rule for casting. But OK, yeah, such a savage quote from the du- from from the Flying Dutchman here. Um, but Casper yeah, Van Dien is is an interesting character in this movie. I he's he's asked to do a lot right his character changes so much over this movie he goes from like unsure of himself schoolboy just trying to figure out who he is and where, yeah. what he wants to do in life to self-assured guy who's been through hell and come back from it and he almost pulls it off he's not quite up to the task like every time especially when you put him up against michael ironside and you're giving him literally the quotes that michael ironside had and the clancy brown had and trying to get him to say them with the same gravitas doesn't quite work but i mean he's super young and he almost gets there i think he does a really good job when he's fully in his rico's roughnecks phase when he's like i think he does a very good job of playing like a self-assured commanding officer who's just yelling and screaming but anytime on the battlefield yes but i I think when he's trying to like inspire his troops it's not like outside of the battlefield it's not quite as Mm. good he doesn't quite bring it yeah, and then when you ask me to think that he's grieving over his entire home city just being destroyed, or even his girlfriend, wannabe girlfriend breaking up with him, I, like none of that stuff. Really, it, it, 
it's does, close. Does, does he like women? I don't even know. Like it's. <laughs> I mean, he joins the military for a woman, so I assume so. The but... script is telling me this, but just looking at how he interacts with Dina Myers and Denise Richards, like, do you? Yeah, he, yeah. two phenomenally gorgeous women. Yeah, he has zero chemistry with either of them. Yeah, does it hurt that like? Honestly, experience, I I, that's to... the thing. It's like I never was rooting for him because, number one, I, I thought Carmen was the, the clear trash option compared to De- Dizzy. Oh, Secondly, wow. um, her chemistry that she had with, like, a person experiencing homelessness version of Rob Lowe is ten times that of Casper Van Dien. Like, she, it just, like, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. It doesn't exactly scorch the screen. No. But it imagine if smolder. that was actually Rob Lowe. Yeah, it it uh, yeah. It, le- it, it it leaves a burn mark. I think you know it discolors the film from its its tepid heat. I feel you. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I like I like him in Sleepy Hollow. When when Ray Parks tears him in half with those axes, boy, I really. <laughs> wow. Have you not seen Sleepy Hollow? I saw part of it a lot, like twenty plus years ago. That would probably so. be a good double dern subject. Um, yeah yeah i wouldn't mind yeah yeah i mean is there like what else do we want to talk about just in terms of uh in in generalities before we get down to spoiler oilers here not much let's talk about the the plot what's the plot we'll be right back with more bald move after this brief pause Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And now, back with more Bald Move. If you haven't seen this movie, this is essentially a coming-of-age film about uh, four high school friends that, in the far-flung future, uh, where service guarantees citizenship, they've decided they want to join the military to fully participate in society. Uh, They are sorted into, uh, by their uh, talents and abilities, into different houses like Harry Potter, there's House uh, Fleet that does all the flying. There's House Mobile Infantry, which is sort of like Gryffindor. They do all the dying. And then there's Military Intelligence or Game. What do they call it? Games and Theory? Games and Theory, which is uh, obviously Slytherin. Uh, that's where <laughs> that's where Doogie Hauser goes. And uh, just like in the uh, movies, there are no Hufflepuffs. No Hufflepuff uh, representation at all. They They actually doubled up on the Gryffindors. And uh, it's about them, you know, breaking up and becoming men and women of themselves. And they're fighting this planet of bugs, which is somehow from across the galaxy, hurling asteroids at Earth with precision. 
and we got to invade him to stop all that shit. I think Paul Verhoeven's uh, was not fresh off Showgirls and had a little bit more time. Maybe he would have come up to like the bugs or got oil in them or something that would have made the the parody a little Ooh. bit tighter. And we got to go kill all the bugs, and that's the story. It's about uh, uh, our man Rico, Johnny Rico, going through basic training, seeing friends die working his way up through the enlisted ranks, uh, becoming a uh, battlefield commissioner officer and and leading his team to victory over the eventual the uh, uh, victory over the bugs. Eventually, that's a spoiler. But what did you think? The Earth was going to lose. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's talk super spoilers. Uh, what did you want? You, you said you wanted to pick my brain about something. I forget. Maybe we can start there. Uh, I mean, did. I don't know. The thing that we were diving, threatening to dive in deeply to is the satirical nature of this film. And I think it's both front and center and the thing that makes this film watchable in any capacity. So how does this satire, how does this make fascism feel uh, unappealing? Because that's the point of any satire is to like, you know, the emperor has no clothes. Uh huh. So, I, I mean, to me, you look at the people who have, you look at the scars of the people who've been through the fascist machine here, and it seems pretty obvious. These people's lives are not better for this. They come out so, with no limbs and scarred faces and shit like that. And what are we doing it for? Like, that's the big, the, the satirical point is like, what, what is this for? Why are we doing this? And they make the point, it, it's, kind of subtle there are maybe a couple of lines in there that make the point about like why we're actually doing this and a it's it's a response to something that the bugs have done but we encroached on their territory because of our expansionist attitude and and if you look at like the the speech that the i mean straight up fascist general or whatever the sky marshal or sky Mm -hmm. captain of the world of tomorrow or whatever gives he's like we're gonna go out there and we're going to kill these bugs and we're going to show them that the human race will dominate the galaxy forever. It's like, it's just this idea that we are somehow entitled to everything in the universe. And so we're out there expanding and expanding and expanding and pushing into other people's territory. And of course they have the response to fight back. And then we view that as an attack. I think that's two lines in the whole fucking movie and everything else in the movie is screaming how badass this is and how awesome no, it is. Because I, it, not everything Wait, wait, wait. Else. No, wait. Because I want to talk about, like, because that's, that's actually something that bothered me when I was a kid watching this. Is like It felt like this movie was, like, shitting on disabled veterans or, like, look how... But, but like, you know, lots of guys in World War II got their legs blown off and walking around, mm-hmm. in a, you know, with with with, with hook arms and, and wheelchairs and whatnot. But like that didn't mean that liberating Europe from Nazi Germany was no, a they bad were doing thing. it for a for a good reason. Why are we doing right. it? We're doing it because we want to expand our territory because there was like one line from a newscast that said maybe sort of that this I don't I don't know. Like I, to me, and I, I was speech kept... and and all the all the commercials the ads for like join up become a citizen do your duty all this stuff these are on the face of them satire i mean look at there's a commercial in there where children are stomping on cockroaches and their Mm -hmm. mother is standing by hysterically cheering them on i mean this is this is just blatant satire it's ridiculous 
yeah i i get the the wartime propaganda is cringe but again that's like and maybe that's his point it's like i feel like that's just what people do in in war you know it's like they're trying to like make i don't know it's like i was reading an interview with verhoven is like you know we call these bugs like we're using like you know just referring to them as bugs and but like as as a as a type of slur and i'm like well that's what you do when you're dehumanizing uh, uh that's that's the reason why you come up with the novel slurs for every ethnicity that you go to war to make it easier to kill it's like but this it's like they're bugs they're literally bugs they're not human they're the, the movie makes the point that they don't have any individual personality or wills. And I, I guess there was but some, they do. There's like, they absolutely do by the end. I mean, you see that, right? They have the brain bugs, they have intelligence. And, and, and throughout the movie, they're framing this as like, there's a guy who says a bug that can think makes me sick. And it's yeah. like, to put that on a human being, because people did in the past still do in some cases. And that's on the face of it, like so, a racist, so book, ridiculous thing to say. In the book, the bugs actually have a highly sophisticated culture. They have starships. They have lasers. They have like yeah, I heard they use guns pro- and, shit. and and they they even have their they have their their allied forces. They have these uh, humanoid creatures called the skinnies who look like very thin, kind of stretched out humanoids that are in league with the the bugs. And I just felt like the satire works so much better if there's anything about these bugs that make them seem like they're just not disposable. And like I also thought I thought I was uh, I thought there'd be a third act reveal where it's like actually these bugs are rich in some kind of natural resource or their corpses make like some kind of cheap, efficient fuel or something where someone's lining their pockets that it's not, you know, like you're not in a war of survival against these faceless, brainless bugs. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like the book's. I don't know. Heinlein takes a lot of shit for, you know, uh, Starship Troopers being this like fascist tome. But like, I think it's a better maybe satire parody of pure fascism than the 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 the, the movie just because it fleshes out the, the, huh. the bugs and the creatures. I haven't read it, um, so I can't really comment on that. But I don't know. Because I'm like, yeah, I, 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 I saw a, the a definitely satire in 97 it, and I view it as the same now. So. If you take out the commercials, like the Robocop type commercials, um, the actual plot, like like Robocop, the actual plot is yeah. telling a story about uh, a North American city being completely mm-hmm. sucked dry by corporations that are cynically pursuing their profit over their citizen safety, over For their sure. citizens' cup. Like if you take out Same all as the Mars all but on Total Recall. Yeah, if you, if you take out the I'll buy that for a dollar and it, everything still works. But, like, I feel like Starship Troopers, if you take out the cutaways to the bugs being stomped on the ground, which is not even that offensive to me, because, again, they're just fucking bugs. And the bugs actually are trying to exterminate <laughs> it's humanity. Not, it's not actually the stomping of bugs that makes that, like, offensive. It's the gleeful, the gleeful killing of any life form and... The the brainwashing, the like inbreeding of hatred into children. That's the thing that yeah. becomes offensive in those scenes. Um, but yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Like, it's not as strong. I don't think of a satire as something like a RoboCop or a Total Recall, things like that. Yeah. But I, I think it's more than just like hinted at. I, I think there's quite a bit in this. And like, I'm not comfortable saying, well, strip away all the you know, uh, propaganda commercials. Cause they're there, they're in the movie. They're of a piece. Like, yeah, you take out, <laughs> you know, you take out, uh, 
the the romance from Titanic and suddenly it's just a tragedy, right? Like, <laughs> sure, you can strip away any part of a movie and make it worse. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying that, like, his other works, I think, do work as their satire as originally written. It just that just heightens it. It adds some humor to the the thing. Whereas this, it's like if you take out this commercial, I just don't even think it works. Like it's just an endorsement of fascism because if you do fascist stuff, you get the perfect utopian society. I mean, maybe it maybe it depends on what you think of expansionism and just the general idea that humanity has a right to rule the entire universe. I, I guess I, okay. I don't necessarily Here, agree with that, but like this is where I, I, I can see you getting there without being fascist. fascist. I don't know. This is where I reveal myself as a closet fascist. <laughs> maybe. I do think humanity's birthright is the stars. And until we run into another intelligent species out there, everything that we can see, okay. we can take and exploit. Okay, there you go. I, I'm, I'm with why you on the this until we run we? into an intelligent species. But how do we respond to when we do run into an intelligent species? You know, our, is our response to immediately take everything they have and murder them all? Or is it going to be to try and figure out a way have? to coexist? What do these bugs have? Apparently, they have planets that we want. I don't know. Like they, they, I think they, they don't really tell thing, that story. They filmed this thing on a plot on a on on a place on this earth that's called Hell's Half Acre. So it's like mm. it's this inhospitable <laughs> desert. Yeah. Like well, again, why are we there? Like, good question. Th- good damn question. Why are we there? Like, let's yeah. just leave the bugs alone. You know, because they because they encroach on their territory. Like, I think I think it's a mistake for them to destroy Buenos Aires then, because to me, like that's like, you know, you've got this thing where it's like there's tensions and there's there's borders being formed and there's skirmishes. And, you know, how do you do diplomacy with the fucking bugs anyway? And they fucking from the beginning of the movie, they've been hurling asteroids at it hasn't been a big thing because we've been able to intercept them and stop them all. I think that would have been better if there was a hint that and I thought that I thought I say, oh, maybe this movie is way smarter than I remember it being. Because when um, Carmen suggests like the more efficient way to get their destination and they run across the asteroid, I thought there'd be a suggestion that like actually this asteroid was intended to get through our defenses by Earth so that we could, you know, ramp up the fascism and get everyone on board with exterminating them because that's what we want to do. Mm. But like there's mm. nothing on the page that's hints at. There's nothing on the page no, that no. suggests we're doing this for any other reason than we're in a fight for our survival against an implacable foe. I uh, I I mean, yeah, but you got to look at the roots of it. Like, how did that start? Um, and it seems to have started because we are out there just picking fights, picking fights, man. Um, I don't know. I, I guess. So that's the other thing is, I guess, like, I think if you is satire is most effective if it's designed to shake the mind of a committed believer or maybe sway people who are like open to being swayed. And I feel like this movie only works if you're a hundred percent on board with like wanting to see fascism as, as, as bad and being able to be parodied. And like, I think it's, I, I said, I can just talk about my reaction as a young man. And, uh, I, yeah, it did make me, of course I was pretty anti-fascist back then, but, um, well, nobody got the satire of this movie. And I, I think that like speaks to kind of where you're coming from is maybe it's too subtle, but like hmm. the the reviews of this movie were like Verhoeven's a Nazi. 
Yeah, no. <laughs> that's what the Washington Post was saying. That's about what people these said about guys. Heinlein. Verhoeven and Newman were they're Nazis in and 1959. It, like, what what is this guy putting out this material for young boys? This is going to turn them all into Nazis. And then Ver, Ver, Verhoeven, yeah, yeah. Well, and Verhoeven was out there saying explicitly, like, I made this as a satire. This is not supposed to be the. I made a fascist utopia and held it up to the light and said, look at all the problems with this, too. But I guess he didn't show enough problems because people just think literally thought yeah. it was this guy's a Nazi and he's trying to propagandize our children. That's the thing. It's like, I OK, so here here's the, the crux of our difference. Maybe we can get here or maybe we can just move on. What are the pro? Because you're you got things that you find distasteful that like they're bullying bugs, they're taking over, and they're, but what is the problem? Like the result of us doing that was a perfect society, and there's nothing well, like. It, I wish they come back to Earth and like Earth was looking more impoverished because all of our resources are going to this foreign war that's profiting some people but like there's none of that there's no negative impact humanity well, there is is entirely wiped off the map 12 million people dead i mean that's a negative impact yeah shit happens in war but like it doesn't affect earth it doesn't affect like you know like like the the end of the the end of the film is humanity victorious mm-hmm. I, yeah and i don't know if that's a good thing I don't know if that's a good thing. It's it's well, what's the bad like again? What is the bad things that are happening to humanity because of this? Because to me, I think fa- fascism well, it, is just a self-destructive ideology. It cannot win. It can never be victorious except for maybe in the short run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. like this film is like it's it's like if you told a, a, a Nazi film that ends in like the spring of 1941. Yeah, fucking Hitler and his dudes are up big and Germany think they got their chest puffed out. They're taking over the whole world. Well, tell it to 1945 when he's blowing his brains out in a bunker and the rest of them are swallowing cyanide. Like, yeah, yeah. they can't ever win because of the way it is. And this film doesn't tell. Stuff, I don't even yeah. think Paul, Ver, Paul Verhoeven is a child was traumatized by Nazis, but I don't think he understands like why fascism happens and how it works. It's just a bad thing to him. And like, I great I, like, I, don't, I don't know because you look at the end of this movie and you say they won but like who won uh rico made it out uh carmen made it out nph made it out a lot of people died along the way a lot of people lost limbs along the way their lives aren't going to be better for this uh they didn't win anything well, i'll it, tell you what and if there this won't be war, another hmm? there will be another <laughs> goddamn buenos aires that's for sure <laughs> yeah buenos aires didn't win in this uh, sure, we can rebuild, but those people didn't win. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't view it as a, a total victory. Like, yes, it is all hurrah and, like, the humans are victorious against this, but I see it as, like, a ridiculous war in the first place. Like, a war that we started, mm-hmm. and congratulations, we started a war and won it. Great. Is that how we want humanity to act? But I don't know, man. I, I, I saw this as a satire in 97. I see it as a satire today. I think it works well. I will say I don't think it works as well as something like RoboCop, which yes is is more obviously satirical. Um, but I still I still think it works. And there's there's a lot here to to talk about other than just you know this. Oh yeah, I said I'm ready to move. Yeah, like I'm I'm ready to like I've said. Yeah, my we piece. can agree to disagree on like how good the satire is here. But clearly, yeah. it was made as a satire. Whether that was successful or not, Verhoeven is not a Nazi. Verhoeven no. actually despises those that ethos. And again, and he Verhoeven has a personal... was trying to make something anti-fascist here. 
Yeah, this is a man who grew up in amidst the horrors of uh, uh, of the Nazi Germany and his country recovering from the depredations of Nazi Germany. Uh, yeah, like if you read anything about it, like this man is not a uh, not a fascist, uh, not, not a Nazi. And it's uh, it's 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 bad that 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 got associated because of this because because he made a film that sh- fucked up the satire so bad. The contemporaneous everyone thought this guy's a fucking Nazi. He's got all those actors in Hugo Post. To call you a Nazi. Yeah. Whew, that's rough, yeah. man. Washington Post has never called me a Nazi. It's true. I'll just well, say you've that. Never, you've never made fascism look this fucking cool. So. <laughs> this beautiful. This is gorgeous. Uh, Talk about the cast, man. The cast is crazy good looking in this. Even oh, the extras. Yeah. Like, I, I've, I look at the people, like, on the edges of the screen here. Even those people. Yeah. Are just, like, yeah, they, blindingly gorgeous. You, they wanted to create a perfect society like this is supposed to be a perfect society that like you, they just ruthlessly weeded out all the weak that's, genes, that's what i, I mean guess, like think about the, the beautiful people left yeah yeah think about the follow-on from that right okay if all i'm seeing are beautiful people where did the non-beautiful people go um okay i want to i got some other i don't, I don't do you want to talk about because we talked about special effects there's I, I do we have anything left but just just random observations to make this about this movie uh, uh, I want to talk about other, my like, experience, another part of my experience with this movie, because it wasn't just okay. like, oh, I think this movie is cool because it's sci-fi and it's satire and mm-hmm. I don't like Nazis. Uh, I This is also the movie that taught me that there is another person on this planet who looks just like uh, Gary Busey. And it turned out that it was his son, Jake Busey. I did not realize there was another Busey, but I was so overjoyed to learn that the lineage of the Buseys would continue because, man, there's nothing like a Busey face, right? Yeah. It's just so unique. it's, It's so enjoyable. And it's literally like they, you know, they made they 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 made a Busey in the factory, and then it's been thirty years, and they're like, you know what, you know what, we haven't seen in a while a fucking Busey, and they rolled another one right off the Chevy line. Busey, yeah. They they actually found the original grills from those Busey models and bolted it right on the front. It's right there, front and center. Yeah. Oh yeah, chromed yeah. it all up. Do you oh, think Jake man. will have a back half like his dad? Is he going to like slowly lose his mind and do reality television? And I hope so. And... Yeah, it's... it's the the thing that I love about Gary Busey is not his work in like Lethal Weapon and shit. It's it's yeah. the second. It's it's I'm with Busey. It's yes. the shit that he gets up to in his ranch out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, that stuff. Yeah, yeah. You want that second stage ignition out of a Busey, or mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's like and have a four you pair that him. doesn't catch on fire. You don't want that. You want <laughs> no. that's part of the it's part of the experience of being a Pinto owner. You know. And we talked about all the beautiful people in this movie, and I don't know if Busey is is beautiful, but he has a look, and it's and it's interesting, and I enjoy looking at it. It's and very then you blonde pair him, and blue-eyed, yeah. You pair him with Clancy Brown who has also a very similar look. Like, they almost could be... He could yeah. be Gary Busey to the Jake yeah. Busey, right? 100%. I, it, it, Verhoeven has a taste for a particular type of person, apparently. A particular Some view. About, you're, you're right. The Clancy Brown and Busey, uh, it's all about something about the skull shape and jaw. They have very thin and tall faces. Yeah, yeah. And they really amplify that with uh, the haircut on Jake Busey. Mm-hmm. They really mm-hmm. like 
pop that straight up make him look like inspector gadget or some shit i don't know Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay one more one more observation about the actors is casper van dien the west chatham of the 90s oh man that's chatham's lander Uh, okay you're gonna let let amos hear you say that (laughs) i i think west might be the better actor but I, but I don't. I, I, do we know that though? Because it's we tough to really say. like Amos in The Expanse, and I like everything I've seen West Chatham in in terms of podcasting and of personal appearances and uh-huh. video clips and stuff. He, seems, he seems like a swell guy. But Amos was like a no emotion having psychopath. Yeah, he was not. All he had to be is stretch cool. much. And then he's in. He's literally in a role in that fucking Ahsoka, where you never see his face. Yeah. And, and he's he's talking like and he has you know, three lines vocoded Batman the whole time. So like I, I don't I don't know if he's good. So yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe. I want to see I more see of West Chatham, but but the the look, I mean he the the jawline, the haircut, I mean almost the like eyes AI generated version of attractive masculinity. Yes. For sure. The build is somewhat similar. I I think yeah, West like, is a little stockier, but I think it's telling that I've never seen an AI generated like ideal man, but like the the internet's full like the uh, like uh, 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 every week they post an AI generated girl and it's like oh, oh, yeah, yeah. OnlyFans gals in shambles like okay <laughs> sure mm-hmm. sure but like I, yeah it, they that they do they just like almost uncanny valley in how good looking they are yes it's weird. But yeah, th- this was back before I knew who Wes Chatham was, obviously. Um, so I never yeah. made the comparison until this viewing. I, the other thing I found out about Casper Van Dien is in this movie, he beat out Mark Wahlberg and Matt Damon for this role, which I, I don't know if Matt and Mark weren't serious about getting the role or what, um, or so if it was Matt- just like, we got to have that Nazi look. Um, and Matt Damon is not quite the Nazi boy we want. <laughs> I was going to say, Matt Damon's not Nazi poster boy enough for you. Like, you look at him in, like, I, right? uh, Saving Saving Private Ryan era, he kind of is. Like, you, you throw him and, in a Wehrmacht uniform, and he could probably recruit for the other side. And I guarantee he could knock the acting out of the park. So, yeah. And we yeah, were, were we, I think we were talking about this pre-podcast, but, like, that's a good question. Because I'm like, well, if you had a better actor... Would that have made this movie even worse? But then I thought, like, well, RoboCop, like Peter Weller being a pretty good actor, I think elevated that material. Like a guy who can act being a pretty unemotional kind of robotic, you know, I I think having having a better actor is going to better inhabit the interior of that character would probably give a better performance. But like, yeah, I Mm -hmm. don't know. I, I think yeah, better actor would have been uh, would would have played really nicely against Dina Meyer, but Denise Richards was always like you'd have to you'd yeah. have to do some other upgrades or boy you'd right. really show her up. Damn, yeah, it's like putting <laughs> putting a four hundred horsepower engine in a Pinto. It's just I beg you watch Denise Richards pantomime flying in this movie <laughs> and like 
Like, like, I wish there's a way to turn off the special effects in a green screen so you can just see her in a cockpit and a green screen. Uh-huh. And it's almost like a little kid riding one of those merry-go-rounds with the cars going. She's like getting up in the seat and like drive. It's like it's just it's she's as convincing a pilot as she is a nuclear engineer. And, and the world is not bond, enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. She's not very good. Uh no. I, pretty, I will say I, something I like about Verhoeven stuff is it's kind of cheesy nature. Um, you know, the mm. effects that aren't quite there, right? Like a stop yeah. motion robot and shit. Like, yeah, eh, it might be how a robot moves, but probably not. Um, you know, you know, the the physical effects done for blowing up Arnold Schwarzenegger's face on Mars like that stuff doesn't look realistic, but it's very cool. It's very stylized. And I think if you go too far in the direction of like the serious tone and really good acting and just solid all around everything. I think Verhoeven loses his Verhoevenness. The thing I appreciate about him is a yeah. little bit of camp. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think you're you're right. Um still might be a better idea to have a solid leading man though, but I, <laughs> I yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, I mean, look at Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? True. He's, He's a de- he's a decent actor, but you know the accent gets in the way, and he's not the world's greatest actor. He's not Matt Damon, but no. Nah. Uh, you know yeah. another connection the Expanse has with this movie, other than your imagined one with West Chatham, <laughs> actually a real <laughs> yeah a real connection. There's a, here's no. a one solid connection. Mormons in space. Okay. <laughs> yes. I love the random like cutaway to oh. Mormon extremists ignored the Federation and settled on this bug planet. And now Port, Port Joe, Joe Smith, Smith. Look at him. <laughs> yeah. Look at him. Butchered. Like what? Joe. So- I like that they call him Joe. Yeah. Port Joe Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mormons yeah. in space. Wow. I didn't think about that. You're right. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. How correct or how how close do you think they got to our current uh, future with the video and computer technology? Because the one thing that they tried to do with FedNet was sort of hypothesize where where are TV and computers going in the future? And that's the FedNet stuff is in those um, those propaganda commercials. It's like, want to know more? Find out now or whatever. Um, And it's designed to be like an interface where you can kind of tap to to uh, navigate around through different video clips, I guess. Yeah, it does feel like early kind of hypertext protocol type things, right? But it also is exactly how ads work on the internet today. Like, they show you this thing, and then do you want to learn more? Pops up in the middle, and you can click it or dismiss it for your other content. So it... uh, It has, like, a YouTube vibe to it as well, right? Like, you pop up a card up in the corner, and you can click on Mm -hmm. that to go to another video... It's related. It yeah, it feels a little bit like that. Yeah. What so you I thought I, I guess I feel like I'm a lot higher on the special effects than you are in this movie. Um you mentioned that some of it. I'm like, what is the what what are the weak areas of special it's effects? It's mostly about fidelity. Um there's like a blur kind of thing going on, and maybe it makes the bugs look better when they're CG, but there's a little bit of a blur. It's not as high resolution as the rest of the film. Huh. And oh, that that, might that stands out a little to me in this. I will say I'm I'm not like low on the effects. I think the effects are really good for what they are. When uh, I look at like 
how I can, and this is a controversial opinion, but I think the the big grand dinosaur reveal scene in Jurassic Park is starting to look, starting to show its age because oh. it's these early CGI dinosaurs in bright light. The, oh, oh, you're talking about the long necks, the vegetables. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The no, not that scene. The one where he grabs Laura Dern's head, turns it, and she draws. And it's da 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 da. That's the Serengeti, kind of like at the water. Everyone at the watering hole. I think that scene is yeah. the only, almost the only thing in that movie that is showing its age. Yeah, I agree. But like, I and I compare that to like the bright desert lit bugs in this movie, and they just hold up a hell of a lot better, I think. And it might be because they're moving faster, yeah. and there's a ton of them, and there's kind of like you know you you have hundreds and thousands of them at the screen at the time, and there's also they're always kicking up a cloud of dust, which they might have done that to hide the resolution. But I thought that the CG for those and the way that they blended the actors, like being thrown in the air. You know, like I was, I was thinking, like, how did they do some of these shots where they had to get a an actor in a rig because they're getting ran through by things and then a, a creatures throwing them in the air and stuff. And it just it just looks really solid. So I know there was some extremely tight storyboarding in the pre-production process that helped them later in the post-production with the effects because um, they knew exactly where to hit their marks. But also. Th- this movie was not cheap. This is a very yeah. expensive movie by the by the terms of the day. Uh, Ninety million in nineteen ninety seven is about half of like the most expensive movie ever made. Yeah, and most of that money was spent on budget. I mean, they don't have Matt Damon in here soaking up twelve right. million dollars, right? Yeah. Um, so this movie did have actually really stellar effects for the time, and I think it still shows. There are a lot of movies in ninety seven that look a lot worse than this. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I did think that, like, you can start to see. Um, but but now, because, like, I think the little small shuttles, like the drop shuttles and stuff are kind of shit. But then when I was reading yeah. production that they, they wanted to have, like, Warhammer style drop pods where, like, the, the mobile infantry comes screaming, yeah. screaming in on these pods that slam to the ground and the doors open. They come pouring out. And they, they also, if you've read the novel, you just alluded to it. The, mm-hmm. um, all these guys are wearing, like, full power suits. To have like rocket pods and like nuclear grenade launchers, and a part of their combat is like, like, like kangaroo jacking around, just like they do these big, mm-hmm. like, incredible Hulk style bounds as they get traverse in combat. Um, and there's none of that. This, they're just, you know, and I, I guess that's the other thing that really let me down is like, yeah, I knew going in because I followed the production, there wasn't going to be power armor, but just mm-hmm. the brain dead military tactics. Like mm-hmm. this is shit right out of the late seventies, early eighties, where the the mobile infantry would literally get shoulder to shoulder with their machine guns at their navel. Oh, yeah. until the like there was no any kind of maneuver. There was no mm-hmm. like like the 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 one kind of cool moment is where Casper Van Dien gets his Legolas on and he gets on the back of that big <laughs> stink bug and blows a hole in its carapace and slams a grenade in and yeah that pays off the American Gladiator bullshit they were doing in the beginning of the movie. Um. And, but but yeah, like I I, I kind of thought that there might be some actually cool maneuvers and tactics, but it's it's very B movie, giant bugs, the destroy. And I I think that stuff also was gross. Um, it, that stuff still like when they're people are getting torn apart. Oh yeah. Uh, it's pretty it's pretty bad. Uh, the brain I still find it very hard to watch the brain bug at the end when uh-huh. he stabs that dude's skull and starts <laughs> sucking his brains out. I, I think that's that so stuff. 
fucking gross. I love it. And the way his head just sort of kind of shrivels Caves up a little bit. Starts, yeah. Like it's a Capri Sun. Oh, man. It's so good. And you're sucking the last of the tropical punch out of it. His cheeks are hollowing. Yep. And I, I also try to find the exact moment it stops becoming a uh, homeless man's Rob Lowe and yep. becomes like a prosthetic. Prosthetic? Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's, it's surprisingly late into that that transformation i think um but yeah i, I love yeah. that those those borderline cheesy effects right the thing level stuff where it's like clearly this is not cg and it doesn't look realistic but it looks damn cool yeah there's um oh I, I also thought it's interesting that this movie comes so early in the internet's existence because it, it did exist like you mm-hmm. know even hypertext email all that stuff existed ni- by 97 it wasn't yeah, it was on it quite wide ex- like 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 widespread adoption but it was getting there mm-hmm. um but they're still like when they get their john you know when they get their stack of mail from the family it's like mini cds the oh, idea yeah, that yeah. you could just beam information way uh-huh. faster like nah they're just still using physical media i always think that's that's really funny yeah good stuff because 97 um, was the heyday of CDs for sure. It was like just on the cusp of DVDs being a real thing. Um, yeah. But video CDs would have been out there. I also, there's this thing that I've never noticed before, but the scene where um, Rico meets up with Carmen for the first time since she's broken up with him. And he's, I think, just lost somebody and uh, she's a high flying pilot and she's got her boyfriend there with her. And, uh, there's, there's, they're playing some, um, like, I think you're supposed to understand the bar they're at is playing Matt, uh, Mazzy stars fade into you. Okay. I'm not but super then, familiar with that song. Uh, Oh really? Hmm. Um, but, but then it, um, it's it's like in the background, but then when they start fighting, Verhoeven actually increases the sound, and it's kind of the soundtrack of the fight. This like very yes. okay romantic, sensual, you know, is this part of the song. satire? I think like so. A love I think letter it's him. to violence. Uh, I th- I think it's I think yeah, that's the I think it's him being funny for sure. Okay, I noticed that, and I was like, I need to look at that song, and I forgot to. But into <laughs> so that's. Yeah, that was a weird moment in the movie. I feel like this was there's two movies I watched that made it around the same time that made a big impact. I, I think it's like my simping inoculation. Uh, this movie that like I think does a really good job of go, doing both sides of the friend zone, you know, because okay. Carmen friend zones the shit out of Rico, and then Rico friend zones the shit out of Dizzy. Yeah, pays it forward. Uh, and then the other one is snow falling on cedars. Like the whole like, man, you really don't want to live your life to make a woman happy because oh, yeah. that doesn't you, you lose you lose your arm. You, you lose you lose something every single time. Um, but yeah, I remember watching that thinking <laughs> yeah. like so clearly like this guy is being a dumbass. What the hell? Why is he? Uh-huh. Why is he signing for the military to be with this woman that clearly is like, eh, you're what my high school boyfriend. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. I'm with you. Uh, that, that was I immediately latched onto that. I was like, "This is a terrible idea." And then when Rico supposedly dies, right? He's pronounced K-I-A. Yeah. And uh, Carmen learns of that. What does she feel? Because does she know that Rico followed her into the military, and the only reason he signed up is to be to try and be with her? And then hilariously, they're immediately split up into you know millions of miles away. 
I think so. Did you know that they actually shot a whole scene of her finding out that he's dead and then uh, poor man's Rob Lowe moving in on him and then them having like a sex scene? And mm-hmm. the early audience reviews were just like when people saw that, like the second that she heard that Johnny's yeah. dead, that she jumps in bed, that she does a full Lori. I almost thought it was dead. too much with what made it to the screen. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. people hated her for hated sure. her. Uh, so like Verhoeven kind of like really toned that back to where they barely kind of have. You almost feel like uh, poor man's Rob Lowe is is kind of in the Van Diem Dian zone. He's getting friend zoned by Carmen because all she does is love flying 500 tons of 500,000 tons of steel. That's that's the only thing she's capable of loving. Yeah. Huh. How does their relationship end up in this movie? Because I know he dies. He gets his brain sucked out. Where were they when that happened? Uh, Uh, Emotionally, they were abandoning ship. No, no, no. Romantically, they, they, they were abandoning ship romantically. Um, that's the thing it's very ambiguous because it feels yeah. like once you cut out the scene where they kind of you know uh uh what what do you call that when you uh when you seal the deal when you consummate the relationship mm-hmm. uh it just feels like yeah that she is it's another guy that she's kind of keeping at arm's length because she's not quite yeah. that into him which uh, is fine i mean she could do yeah. that if she, what she really wants to do is fly that's great but like yeah yeah yeah, it, it felt simultaneously like there wasn't enough there romantically between them and also like it was too quick, mm-hmm. even with what made it to the screen. And there's just so much stupid like the fact I, I couldn't believe when like Dizzy said do a flip six. He's like, what? We'll score just like we did back six. in high school. It's like it's Three literally hole. I'll try a barrel roll. That's a cool trick. Like, uh. <laughs> That, <laughs> yeah, it's six is, I, it's 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 not like a complicated thing or like this person's going to go and block and then this person's going to do this and no. then you're going to have a faint up the middle and you're going to it's just okay go out there run as fast as you can do a forward flip mm-hmm. and you'll get it you'll you'll get into the end zone I'm what like, is well, the six trick? what is the yeah. six part and what is the three hole that's what i want to know I the three hole is clearly innuendo but the six part yeah there's a lot of funny innuendo. Uh, I believe it's referring to gaps <laughs> in like a line and the six is the touchdown, apparently. Yeah, where okay. uh, right. Carmen's getting a reputation for being a girl that's pretty wild with the stick. I mean, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. There's, uh, there's, there's, there's quite a bit of uh, double, oh, triple entendres here. Speaking of being wild with the stick, uh, I, I was shocked because I didn't know who she was at the time to see that Amy Smart is in this movie as like the co-pilot. Oh my God, you're right. She's not even, I don't think, called out on Wick. Is she uncredited in that role? Uh, she's on IMDb for sure, but oh, you have to dig. I, she's like way yeah, at the bottom. Right. In the credits, she's like she down like there she's with the assistant production old, agent or something. Like She is so like fresh she off looks the almost line. sillier in the uniform than Denise Richards does. <laughs> Because she has yeah. such a baby face in this, but yeah, yeah, Amy Smart. I, I don't know, love her. Uh, I think she's great. I did wild. really like how they did the, and this is some of the satire that's I think working is you know Carl the Doogie Hauser guy Neil Patrick Harris is just like the class clown. He's like mm-hmm. the goofball, not taking anything too serious, and then he gets drafted into military intelligence. The next time you see him. He's wearing like an SS officer's trench coat, yeah. 
dark circles under his eyes and a thousand yard stare from all it's very ender's game like him having yes. to order thousands of people into his their, the death to try to lure this brain bug out and yeah. I thought that was good that they really gave him a haunted quality when he comes back that he has been uh-huh. molded into a weapon by the society and NPH can pull that off like he's, yeah. he's so good we'll be right back with more bald move after this brief pause Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And now, back with more Bald Move. I also really like that they paid off the importance of a knife you know, with... Um, you know, because Clancy Brown's got the whole thing. It's like, whoa, if you can just push a button and nuke him, why would you? And he just he pins Gary Busey's kid's <laughs> hand through the wall to be like, oh, try oh to push a button God. now. And then at the end, uh, uh, Carmen's last stand of defiance against a brain bug is to whip out her knife and slice its uh, proboscis off. I thought that was like, oh, yeah, that's like they actually paid that off. That's pretty cool. And apparently get just sprayed with fake Rob Lowe's brains. Yeah. Patrick yeah. Muldoon. Uh, Maybe some of maybe she'll some will rub off and she'll have two and a half brain cells. <laughs> is uh, that part of the satire? The speaking of the the Jake Busey getting his hand pinned to the wall. The other guy, like Clancy Brown, just shatters some kid's arm and, yeah. and and invites the fight. Like says, "Who thinks they can take me out?" Like this is this is him yeah. measuring his dick in front of a bunch of kids, right? Like I'm just going to show you how tough I am. He's excited when the biggest, dumbest guy stands up. He's like, oh, yeah. I reckon I can, boss. And he's, you can see, like, Clancy, but he lights up. Like, oh, yeah. And I got just volunteer. brutalizes him. And then he yeah. throws a knife through Clancy Brown's hand for thinking, like, that Busey, he's Jake tough. I, or, or, yeah, Clancy Brown throws a knife through Busey's hand. I, this is ridiculous. This is over the top. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, uh, the it's afraid of Doogie Hauser. I always think that's really funny that like when he steps up to it, it kind of recoils, you know, like it truly is afraid of this little, little skinny blonde kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's uh, with the psychic stuff in this movie? Speaking of, um, it's not in the book. Really? I yeah. assumed it was. Wow. No. 
I don't know. That's it, an interesting thing to add. Is it just a way to show that these creatures are intelligent? Like I you can have a human and, being saying, yes, they are intelligent. They feel things. They know things. They can think. And give a uh, a plausible like win condition. Like here is a single thing you can capture. We yeah, can study. Now we have intelligence. Make it, make it work. And now we can. Oh, really my God. But the way they're studying it. I mean, if this isn't satire, I don't know what is. Like they're taking yeah. effectively chainsaws and shoving them up the buttholes of these bugs. It's like. Right. It's just torture. Medical torture. Yeah. It doesn't Which, tell you anything. Honestly, if you look at the Imperial Japan and Nazi Germany, that's kind of their medic. Like it was just doctors fucking right. around, man. There right. Is, that's the sad thing is like there's almost like of all the fucking misery and death that they did to try all this crazy shit. Like so much of it is just useless medically and scientifically because they were they were sadists. They weren't really doing science. They didn't write anything down. They didn't do any kind of controls. Like it was just them being fucking evil do- doctors. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel like that makes it to the screen here. That that bit of satire. Yeah, but it again, it's a fucking murderous bug. So, um, trying to think what else is there that I want to talk about in this movie. Uh, well, a little more on the satire stuff. I think there's a perfect tonal shift in the middle of this movie where you've gone from you've got all these kids who have joined up with this hoorah attitude wanting to you know earn their keep in society and they don't quite understand what that means certainly some of them do a little bit more than others but Casper Van Dien doesn't understand what that means at all he's Mm -hmm. doing it to chase a girl he's doing it to find himself figure out his life Um, and there is a tonal shift from these propaganda commercials being made and these kids kind of training and having fun and a good old time together. And then you smash cut to them landing on this planet and just getting eviscerated by these bugs, just left and right. A hundred thousand soldiers dead in under an hour. Uh, That tonal shift right there, I think is like part of the commentary, right? Like you, you have an idea of what it's like, but once you get into this meat grinder, you you begin to understand something entirely different. Yeah. That's, there's like two pivots. That's the first one. And the second one is like Buenos Aires getting destroyed. But yeah, I think that worked yeah, really yeah. well. Yeah. But by him not knowing what he's doing, what he's getting into, I think it's funny that his other option is you can join mobile infantry. Cause he's that dumb. Like if he's clearly, if he's smart, <laughs> mm-hmm. he would be put into pilot thing. <laughs> oh, or no. that. But his dad's plan is to send this kid to Harvard. Yeah. In 700 years, has Harvard become like a third tier community college or is his dad that big of a swinging dick that he can get him into Harvard, even though he's clearly the dumbest man? It's got to be the latter, right? I mean, this guy's no dummy. He's clearly made a bunch of money somehow. Uh, His dad has because look at their house. But they're Um, not citizens. That's the other thing. I think the the satire yeah, fails civilians. is they're civilians and they look like they have dope lives they're just like mm-hmm. happily living within this uh, f- they're just freeloading within this fascist war- uh, society and that sh- wouldn't I mean they'd be one of the first up against the wall you know yeah yeah probably but they're just allowed uh, to and shit sh- on the government and shit on service and do all this and be like, oh no our kids are gonna we're not, you're not gonna go into the military you're gonna go into Harvard and I, I don't know I thought that was but yeah the fact that Casper Van Diem is going to go to Harvard 
I don't buy it. And Seth Gilliam is too, right? Uh, Watkins. Not, he's he's got a guy with a flash of intelligence. I buy Seth Gilliam yeah. going to Harvard. Yeah, and he's excited about it. And I think, mm. like you said, he's intelligent. So I think he would recognize if he's going to a bad college. So Harvard must be great, and and yeah. Rico's dad must have a lot of pull. That's yeah. that's got to be the case. To get a civilian that dumb into Harvard <laughs> with a 37 in math or with 35 in math. Uh, boy, there's a lot of other stuff to talk about. Um, I don't think that you should have to break glass with your fist on any part of a spaceship in order to make it function. Did Especially you see this? to like what to to like get full power to your boosters. That's yeah. like in case of glass break, so you can put the pedal to the metal. <laughs> you do know that they have flip cover switches, right? Sure. If you want to perform do... the same function without bloodying your entire hand. Yeah. Yeah. That's a dumb that's a dumb scene. And again, like uh she she does this whole scene as if she is looking for change in the ashtray so she can pay to put a couple quarters into the vacuum at the laundromat car, the caromat. <laughs> the car wash the a1 car wash like there's not like yeah there is yeah man she's so bad yeah no Poor Denise Richards. Someone great said, to look at not great you to got a great at. look gal you, you, sh- you should be in motion pictures and somehow it happened yeah never never should have been put in that position should have just done modeling there 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 was she just should have been in the pages of the l that's it yeah i agree um The 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 Dizzy's funeral, Diz, Dizzy's funeral. It's supposed to be, you know, this beautiful eulogy to a person that he cared about, um, and a person that was important to their squad. And I just kept thinking, a hundred thousand dead in under an hour. Are all of these kids getting this funeral? And if so, they're probably still having funerals for those hundred thousand dead by the time that Diz dies. Why is she so special? Do they have do they have space coffins, space caskets for every single one of them get fired out? Mm. Or is she is it just because she is loved by Rico and he's like I don't even Probably think he's that high up at, the, at that point. He's like eh, maybe he's lieutenant. Did he take point. over? I was trying to think of when. No. Yeah, you're right. Because he yeah, Ironside made him lieutenant in that scene where she dies. I think so. He yeah. gets torn in half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he might so, have the pull to get her a fancy funeral, whereas everybody else just gets their dog tags mailed home. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird because, like, also, like, Lieutenant is, like, the leader of a platoon, which is a very small, like, what's that, between yeah. 20 and 40 dudes. So, yeah, it's not like, like he's a I, general. I, mean, I feel like he's more like a, a captain or a major in the way they treat him and how many men are under his supervision. But mm-hmm. whatever, uh. man. Paul Verhoeven doesn't give a shit about any of that stuff. Yeah, apparently. Uh, also, when Diz dies, man, don't pull that shard of bug out of her because that I think might be the only thing keeping her alive. The, the wounds yeah. in this movie are egregious, right? Like these are very dangerous creatures. Yes, they they are sharp in all the places and they're yep. very strong and very fast. And so many people <laughs> get punctured by these things in brutal ways through their entire abdomen just get this massive hunk of bug replacing where your heart and lungs and stomach used to be. And, and Diz gets that treatment and Rico's response is to run over and pull that out of her. 
Yeah. And then watch her die, of course, because she's just going to bleed out everywhere. There's no medics around. Uh, the other wild thing is when Denise Richards gets captured by the bugs, she gets this massive hole in her shoulder. It's like oh, getting yeah. shot with a shotgun mm-hmm. uh, through her left shoulder. And by the time she has cut off the proboscis or whatever and escaped that whole situation with Rico, she's walking around like she doesn't have a care Not in the problem. world. She's laughing and joking with NPH. As she's, she must be actively bleeding out. I don't know if she's gotten loopy because of the blood loss or what, but she does not treat this wound with any respect. It's funny because you mentioned these wounds. Like I noticed in this movie, they have like this back to tank scene where there's this like mechanical uh-huh. thing that's like 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 Sewing like three D printing leg his leg yeah. back together. And I thought I thought it's like is is that the first time I saw something like that? And then I'm like, oh no, they're in the fifth, fifth element. element. Yep. 1997 has a similar like medical machine where it's like when it's putting Lilu back together from like her for her hand. Is that 97? I thought that was like 95. No, it's 97. They both came out in the same year. Was there like some article in Popular Mechanics? It's like the future of surgery is going to be 3D printing your bone because like it's almost the exact same machine. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Something in the zeitgeist. Little little nano machines are stitching uh, stitching it together, building you up from the 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 blocks. I mean, that's the dream, right? The practically any wound can just be, oh, yeah, fully repaired, no yeah. sign of damage. And I do wonder, like, if they have that technology, why do they also have people manning the recruiting desk who don't have any legs or arms, right? Well, I mean, that's the low key. When I saw that happening, I wondered the same thing, and also like they probably just let this guy die because they got like tons of recruits streaming in, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's telling that he doesn't have enough benefits to actually get new legs. Mm. I mean, you see a couple people with replacement limbs, but for the most part, it's people who have lost stuff for good and nobody's even trying to repair them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like the guy who's into recruiting desk doesn't even have prosthetic legs. He's just got... Mm -mm. Because he doesn't need it. He's a prosthetic arm because he's punching things and stuff, but he's just sitting all day. What's he need legs for? (laughs) right (laughs) more fascist satire yep uh the other thing i love about uh carmen in this movie is she's this ace pilot like this what she's wild on the stick yeah she's willing to Mm -hmm. go where other people aren't she can handle any maneuver right she's even even hardened veterans are shocked by the 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 ball she has in flying and the skill she has and when they are crash landing in this pod uh, well, the ship, this this escape ship, um, after the Roger Young has been destroyed, and they're going down on the planet, and fake Rob Lowe is like, I don't know, that's a tough landing. Can you make it? She's like, piece of cake. I got this. And what happens is she crashes into the top of a mountain, skips off of it, and then smack <laughs> face into another mountain. And they're, yeah. only, they're only alive because that mountain is hollow. Yeah. If that mountain were an actual mountain, they would both be smithereens, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's the only way you could get the even get, get through that bug flack. Piece of cake. I got this. Bam, gotta, right to a mountain. You, you got to destroy the minivan to save the minivan. Mm-hmm. It also has a moment that is <laughs> one of my favorite moments of the 90s is when in Chain Reaction... Keanu Reeves, seeing that this cold fusion plant or whatever is about to explode, decides to hop on a moped 
and run away from the explosion. This is one of our oldest inside jokes. Like, (laughs) we reference this shit all the fucking time as kids and still to this day. You just heard him do it in 2024. And he does it. He he lives. He does. He survives on a moped. He outruns a nuclear explosion on a Vespa or some shit. They do the same thing here, except maybe worse. They outrun it on foot. Like, that explosion that Seth Gilliam creates with a nuke in a confined tunnel with uh-huh. one person hobbling between they hobble their way and the funny thing is is like they don't even like the the you can see the flames behind them like the shockwaves there yeah and they look at it and they're like oh hobble slightly faster and there's like several <laughs> seconds of the flames right at their back and then like i think verhoven's like well there's no way people believe that they get to the end of the tunnel jump out and have the flame go over them so you know what yeah. We'll have the roof cave in, and that will just stop it. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it's pretty not wild. convincing. It's not convincing. No. I still can't believe he jerseyed her right before. Like, that's his that's his opening move. <laughs> like, they're about to get down, and he pulls the hot, he pulls the hot, the opening round of a hockey fight. Just pulls her shirt over her I head, mean... works her midsection a bit, <laughs> headbutts her. <laughs> then he's got her right where he wants her. She's helpless. He works the face quite a bit. Uh, a, they should have had him a be a hockey player, right? I mean, if, if this movie was made by Canadians, he would have been a hockey player and it would have made more sense when he jerseys her. Wait, he's Canadian? In no, real no, life? No. You're I'm saying about, if oh. this movie were made by Canadians. Yeah, yeah, no. It would have been a it would have been a happy Gilmore play for sure. Yeah. yeah. That makes more sense. Like, what's he going to do? You don't get jerseyed in football. Especially this, they're like wearing, a, like I said, it's all American gladiators wearing these skin tight yeah. outfits with these do- doopy little helmets, which I, are those helmets literally like the MI helmets with the ears cut off? Did they save some, I, I wish I need to go back and watch the they movie might to be. see. Because I'm thinking, I'm like, those are like, yeah, MI helmets without the side pieces on them, aren't they? Could be. Uh, I think that's about all I've got. Like I said, I love this movie. I still think it's great, uh, both as a satire, which I guess you could argue over, um, but also just as a a uh, point in Verhoeven's career where he was about to stop really doing the campy stuff that I love. You yeah. know, he was making the showgirls a few years earlier, trying to get a little more serious, whatever that means in Verhoeven's catalog. But and I know he did Basic Instinct and stuff like that, but I, I appreciate this flavor of Verhoeven quite a bit. Yeah, it's one of the last looks we get at it. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I I mean, I don't think this is a bad film. I just wish it did the things it was trying to do a little bit better and or gave me some mobile infantry, power suit, bolter porn, you know. Gotcha, uh, yeah. Uh, something, because I just like this film is just not executing at a high enough level. It'd be like if you had Robocop, but the Robocop suit was dumb. It's like that. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, if, yeah. if Paul, if, if he, if Weller looks ridiculous as Robocop, that movie just doesn't work. And I felt like you either need, you either needed to uh, make the fascism, uh, like, like, the, like the contrast between the, the, the publicity of the fascism, the propaganda, and the actual real life on Earth would have been interesting, or ditch that shit and just try to, like, try to, um, uh, like satirize what what I think Heinlein was actually trying to get at because I don't think Heinlein was a Nazi either. Um, you know, maybe you could argue he's like a libertarian or he's like an objectivist and Rand type, but like that's not the same hmm. thing. And I think it would have been it would be like or just don't call it Starship Troopers, call it Outpost Seven, 
and then you can you know have your super well fun. that movie doesn't get made aaron because it's not true. gonna make enough it's money instead they they slapped heinlein's name and pissed all the heinlein fans off so and it still didn't make enough money <laughs> and it still yeah. didn't make enough money but it I, I it has come around to being like i mean in 2024 i think people everyone appreciates the satire of it because uh the way that the and like i if if he had had the um and they do this in uh hell divers which is a video game that oh, yeah. owes at least 50 percent of existence of this movie um they they did that's like that's the whole thing the reason the humans are invading the bugs is because the bugs body are just naturally lit, rich in uh, petrochemicals like that's like gotcha. their blood is essentially sweet crude uh-huh. so and you're always like you know when you're going to their nest you're blowing them up and you're putting oil pumps in and like if they just had something like something being the point that all these people are dying for some sin like we're saying it's for survival but it's actually just a cynical way to make money and to line the pockets of the 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 powerful and the elite but they don't it's it's literally a it's a fascist paradise and it just kind of works um i think it was a missed opportunity but again uh, maybe I'm just wrong. Maybe I'm too much of a Heinlein fan. Maybe I was too conservative when I saw this movie. Uh, I, I just like it's always been a disappointment. And when I watched it today, <laughs> I was like, oh, because yeah, we had seen this, I think, five years ago as one of our sci-fi Sunday. But oh, did we? When we're, Got it. D- when oh, we're doing yeah, sci-fi. Yeah, yeah, We live watched it. Uh-huh. We live watched it. And when we're doing that, it's like oh, every other minute I'm not paying attention to because chat's doing something or we're talking or whatever. Right, right. And so I was kind of excited to be like, I can't wait to watch this as a 47-year-old that's come a long way. And I'm going to see all the things that people – and it just didn't happen. So hmm. anyway, that's Starship Troopers. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, are, what What is uh, our next one, Jim? What's the next uh, subject of our – Pulp podcast and what can people vote on if they're executive producers at club bald move right now uh looks like the mummy which big surprise there huh oh my god yeah it's gonna be a crowd pleaser yeah uh i just watched that recently i know it holds up that's gonna be a lot of fun Mummy's excellent don't watch Uh, scorpion king but definitely watch the mummy (laughs) i don't know if any of the sequels of the mummy hold up but I do know the mummy does. Brendan Fraser. Hmm. Um, who's the gal in that? Um, is it Rachel Weiss? It is. Yeah. yeah. She's also an enemy in the gate at the gates. Uh, I'm excited for that one. What, and also, what can people vote on right now if they go to support.baldmove.com become uh, an R or become an executive producer in the club? Well, you got a choice of three movies. If you're an executive producer over on Patreon, you can choose Dread. That's the remake of Judge Dredd, right, from 2012. Um, yeah, Carl Urban. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a fun Cersei movie. Lannister. Uh, yep. You could choose Gravity, which I think everybody remembers that. That's that. Oh, uh, yeah, that's the Quaron. space disaster film. Isn't that Quaron? Uh, I think with, so. Starring Sandra Bullock, which is just mm-hmm. an hour and a half of harrowing shit over and over. One damn thing after another. Mm-hmm. Or you could choose John Carter, which I don't really know anything about. What is John Carter? I don't know. I've never seen it, but I keep hearing that like this is a lightly regarded science fiction film, that f- big budget Disney science fiction film that flopped. It's based on, I think, an Edgar Rice Burroughs, the guy who wrote oh. uh, Tarzan. He wrote a whole other story about a series of stories about a man who goes to Mars, and Mars is seen as like this kind of like 
you know, like 19th century version of Mars where it's a lush jungle planet with like kingdoms and this and that. And it's got <laughs> okay. like great special effects and great story and great acting. And no one want, went to see it because it was called John Carter. Yeah. Uh, so maybe I don't know. I've It's been on my list of things to watch. So if I can get paid to watch it so much, the better. Mm hmm. Probably will lose. I can't imagine anyone choosing that, <laughs> taking a winger on that when you got dread or what was the other one? And gravity. Uh, yeah. Gravity right there. Oscar winners and, and top 10 movies of the year. But John Carter's there. So there you go. If you want to take the challenge, hits up support.baldmove.com uh, where you can help us decide what movies to watch, uh, get ad-free feeds, tons of other bonus content. Support.baldmove.com. Thank you for listening to us talk about Starship Troopers. We'll see you on the next one. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Later.